NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra. All dirt, all rodeo, all year. Yeah, yeah, I, I teach a beginning rodeo class, and it's probably one of the funnest parts of my job. Um, I get 24 students that usually have no background in rodeo, Western Way Life, or anything. These kids are, you know, about half of them are, are ag kids, but there's engineers, there's several science majors, there's there's anything you could imagine in there. And they get a, a firsthand look at, at rodeo, at college rodeo, and they get to try every event. Like I said, learn by doing. We're very hands-on here at Cal Poly. So these kids, for the bull riding section, they ride steers, uh, tie calves, tie goats, uh, rope. rope. Uh, they get to ride a horse in barrel racing. Uh, it's a really neat class to kind of expand their horizons and give them a sense of rodeo and make rodeo fans out. NFR Extra, episode 99. We are so close to 100. Very few rodeo athletes have amassed a rodeo royalty from the college ranks, but the king of the college cowboys, Ben Londo, has done just that. He shares his passion and challenges of coaching the young athletes of today to elevating the Cal Poly Rodeo program to one of the largest collegiate rodeos in the nation. Where would you be, Ryan, if you went to Cal Poly? And I know that uh, that's a big uh, feather in Ryland's cap to always talk about Cal Poly because she never went. And um, Where would you be, Ryan? You know, that's one of those conversations that I actually had with my parents the other day because I actually had an offer to go down to Sam Houston as well. And I really considered it at the time to leave to either Cal Poly or Sam Houston. At the last, very last minute, I was like, you know what? It just makes more sense to stay home just because even though I didn't get the full ride here, it was still going to be way cheaper. And I had the ability to at the job that I was at. I was actually an accounting assistant at that time. That was Oh, Ryland. That oh, sounds exciting. Super, super Gosh, awesome. I had a job. I had the horses out here. I had the ability to continue to have my grandpa shoe my horses, you know, all those things. Like everything was already set in place. So I just decided to stay home. Good move, sure. I think it was the spring of my freshman year that I no, I don't know. What year did I start here? Twenty nineteen or eighteen? I don't know, you were like 12 when you Eight, started working yeah. when I was here, so it was something like Well, that. so here's the thing. I had already worked with you guys since 17 yeah, I know. for Junior NFR and then all that. So I think I came in in the end of 19, so right before I graduated. I had six months left. Yeah, you used to be in the office and you would talk really fast and you'd share all kinds of stuff. And I was like, how, how old are you again? Like, what are you, 10? She's 11. Yeah, I'm like, man, you I, have a lot of experience for a young gal. If you went the accounting route, you know how you smile and you're very natural with your smile? It would be a fake smile because you really wouldn't be. I hated it. It was so awful. Like, I like doing contracts and I like doing the nitpicking of the details. But let me tell you, accounting was a whole different thing. And it was like the boring things of collecting the receipts and coding them and putting them to this budget. And that is not fun, especially in the construction world when like it goes as simple as like, Paint supplies, so awful. Whoa. So awful. 
I, you'd have been all right, I think, kind of, because like the nerdy hot chick thing only works if you're not a nerd. But if you're a nerd and you're hot, it's like she's a nerd. It's like she's <laughs> uh, hot. It's like she's, but she's not a nerdy hot chick. Yeah, she's everyone. Uh, yeah, I'll take that back to Brian Lynn back in that office. I'll I'll go deliver it to her, please. Like, yeah, yeah. Out. You yeah. know, I did actually you get the TP did... reports. Did you get the WR reports? <laughs> Brian, I, I did have a again. lot more luck than my boss because it was a gentleman. His name was Ryan, and you know, I never had problems with credit card receipts or credit card expense sheets. They all just turned them in. Where like he would have to go chase them down. So you know, it might have helped a little bit. Two things that I know would not be happening had you taken that job. You wouldn't have Fridays off. And you sure as hell wouldn't be on an NFR extra. You could go through the budget, but you wouldn't be on it. <laughs> Correct. We just have Friday out of the office because I have a little person back here that's like, yeah, you do. I'm just glad it worked out. You didn't take the accounting job. Go hang out with Ben Londo and Cal Poly, which he's a cool dude. Last minute, I guess I just didn't want to leave the house. Cause and how are you How are you involved with Ben? Steve? Yeah, I've, I've known Ben for a while. Then I had the opportunity, you know, because I lived in California, and then I had the opportunity to go and announce the Poly Royal, and that was in the practice arena. And I want to say we were supposed to have the first year in Alex Spano Stadium, and it got rained out. I announced that rodeo one, maybe two years in the practice deal, and then Ben was talking like, dude, I want to be in, I want to go to the stadium. I'm like, yeah, shit, I want a unicorn too, but I don't know that that's going to happen for either one of us. And no kidding, Ben Lando put it together, and it was like, it was insane. Dude, it sounds like he's got it going on, man. I mean, that that's... It's a phenomenal program. And it was on the brink of extinction. I mean, it was like, for, and I don't know what, it, you know, it wasn't just the fact of like, well, they didn't allocate me those funds. I could have done that. It's like, he went out and got those funds and hustled and put it together and made it what it was. So he's definitely an outside of the box, doesn't think rodeo, rodeo guy. Enjoy our conversation with Ben Londo. The Yeti Junior World Final. He is back in Vegas. From December 2nd through 11th, the next generation of rodeo stars will compete at the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas, held daily inside the Wrangler Rodeo Arena. Visit nfrexperience.com for details. Hi, I'm Doreen Wintemute, and you're listening to NFR Extra. Ben Londo began competing in the PRCA in 2003. As a proud Cal Poly Mustang Rodeo alum, he captured bareback riding and all-around championship titles at the Collegiate National Finals Rodeo. During his junior year in 2006, the Los Angeles Times wrote a 1,500-word profile of Londo titled King of the College Cowboys, comparing his athletic accomplishments with those of former USC running back and Heisman Trophy winner Reggie Bush. Ben strives to build student strength both inside and outside the arena, stressing the importance of commitment to academics and practice. Under Ben's guidance since 2013, the Cal Poly Rodeo team has become one of the premier programs in the history of the National Intercollegiate Rodeo Association. Ben Londo, welcome back to NFR Extra, sir. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been a while. You were one of our, I'd say, within the first, I don't know, 15 or so episodes when we started doing this. We're now, well, this is number 99 episodes. So we've come a long ways. We've actually learned how to ask better questions and, and get to know people better here on this podcast. And we're, for Don, they look a lot better with Brylan and Steve here. We look prettier, so... I'm glad you guys got better at questions because I'm probably not any better with the answers. <laughs> <laughs> 
for all of us, we've experienced, and, and hopefully here soon, we won't have to be talking this too much, but it is interesting when you think about the past year and then the trials and tribulations and everything that everyone from any industry had to go through, whatever it is, we all had to experience something. I mean, what were some of the challenges you faced over this past year and what were, were there some positive outcomes because of that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> especially being in California, uh, being in a state school system, we were under a lot of restrictions. Uh, last year was tough. It was really tough. You know, coming in from last summer, I had, I had 18 new students coming to Cal Poly, uh, my returning team of about 65 students. And throughout the summer, I couldn't tell them if, A, we could practice on campus, B, if they could even come to campus, and C, if, if there was any chance at all of having a rodeo season this year. Um, you know, and that's, gosh, you know, and Brian can tell you, you know, these, these college rodeo athletes, they live for college rodeo. They live for rodeo period. And this is a big part of why they're going to school and, and why they're taking the opportunity to get their education. Um, so to take, you know, the heart out of that opportunity for them is, is, uh, is pretty tough and pretty detrimental. Um, you know, and it was, it made us bear down and, and figure out a way to, to put it all together. Um, I was fortunate enough. I've got a really good establishment here at Cal Poly. Um, even though we're in the CSU system and they were one of the more stricter throughout the nation. Um, Cal Poly helped me put together a program where we could practice daily. Uh, we kept our numbers down. We implemented some safety measures. Um, we really thought outside the box to make it happen. And <clears throat> it meant the world to these students. You know, I, I can't tell you how thankful they were to get to come back, um, even in small numbers and in, and in small doses, but get to practice, get to be back on campus, get to be, you know, with their horses, chasing cattle like they love to do. And how big of a motivator that was for them in such a dark and uncertain time. So, yeah, cause you're, I'm trying to walk this through. So you're, yeah, you're, you're uh, almost midway through the college year, right? As this happens, right? Yeah. When it first hit, we were, shoot, we were what, three weeks from our rodeo or college rodeo, Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were less than less than a month away from what we were hoping was going to be the biggest, biggest poly row rodeo ever. We made an agreement with PBR. We were doing a night of PBR before our college rodeo. Um, I had Carly Pierce book for our concert. I mean, we pulled out all the stops and we were getting ready to, to pack a stadium for three nights and uh, shoot everything just, just disappeared right there. You go into the summer and obviously you got to, you know, you're dealing with athletes, right? You're no different than a football coach or baseball coach. What were these kind of programs you had to do over the summer? Like, did you have to have it like sporadically throughout the day or just, you know, only teams of five or how did you do that? We're usually, we're usually pretty light throughout the summer. We start, uh, we start in September. Um, what we did is, as I had to, you know, kind of slowly introduce the students back on campus, we brought the freshmen in and the upperclassmen. Um, and then by the time school started, we had everybody here in full force. Um, <clears throat> and it all depended if they were, if they were taking classes on campus, there was a different protocol. Many of them were all online, so they ran it out, which, which introduced some other challenges for us. But, uh, you know, really, we just we stuck to our game plan. Uh, the, the students were surprisingly willing to you know, abide by all the rules that we had to follow because this was a chance for them to practice. It was, it was either do this or uh, you know, stay home. And, and many of these students, you know, they don't have practice at home. They don't have the opportunities that we have here at, at Cal Poly to, uh, to rope as much as we do or you know, have these nice facilities. So I want to kind of stay on this topic of you dealing with athletes. When do you start recruiting the relationship start with you, the coach and the athlete 
that this made a huge impact of probably forever going forward where you have a, a unique, you have a great relationship I'm sure with other athletes, but because of this, you probably have a really unique one that yeah, rely on you. And, and that's probably the part of my job where I don't get to do near as much. Um, I think all of us rodeo coaches, coaches in general would love to be out there really scouting new talent all over the nation all the time and keep feeding our programs. Um, they can see why, you know, professional baseball, football, they have scouts that that's all they do is, is hunt the, hunt the talent pools for, uh, to replace their players. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, this has given me the opportunity to get really close with this group that I've got here. Uh, we had to work through a lot of challenges, uh, we had to do it on a very intimate level. And, uh, you know, this is you know, trial by fire. We, we went through some real tough times over this last two years, um, you know, getting through COVID, getting through pandemic, um, helping them migrate a, a situation, a learning situation on campus that wasn't ideal, you know, online and uh, the, the way tests are now. And it's just not as engaging as, as Cal Poly's famous for. I mean, learn by doing is Cal Poly's motto. So all of these classes, whether it's an ag class or architecture class, I mean, it's very hands-on. You're in the field probably 60% of the time. And to take that learning model and try and put it all online and keep these kids engaged and keep them motivated was tough. So that's what we tried to fill in the gap here at the rodeo program is find ways to keep them engaged with their teachers, give them incentives to do better in class and, and let those incentives carry on to their benefits here at the rodeo program. And just, just being able to have the opportunities to get them here, get them around their friends and, and keep practice in front of them. You know, even before we had an announced season, we, we usually have half of our season in the fall and <clears throat> all the way up through December, I wasn't even sure if we could get any rodeos on the map period throughout the end of the year. A lot of these college rodeo programs, a lot of the schools weren't really wanting to stand behind any rodeo activity by their teams um, until the spring. So mm. it was tough to tough to keep these kids hooked without a real end goal in sight. But uh, that was part of the challenge that we stepped up to and, and kind of what helped keep these kids rolling. Yeah. I'm not saying we're out of this thing yet, but I mean, things are, far better than they were. I mean, hell, we were just at Garth Brooks this past week. So um, definitely not a compared to last year. What is there any positive outcomes? Because we've talked to a lot of folks and a lot of different things of that they face, but there are some silver lining, if you will. Is there any of that for you with this? Oh, I think there's a ton of silver lining. You know, I, I always like to look for silver linings in any of these situations. And I've never seen a group of student athletes so appreciative of the opportunities they've had here. Um, you know, a lot of students, they come here and, it, and it's great, it's shiny, it's new for the first month or two. And then they get pretty used to having, you know, a great set of stock all the time, practice every day, the arena worked and, and all these opportunities just laid out in front of them. Um, but this group uh, really got to experience what it was like without and, and having to you know, fend for themselves or put their own practices together or travel to practice. And for us to put all that back together and, and, and give them an opportunity to grow through the, through the rodeo program here was, uh, was huge. Yeah, that's cool. How many kids are on your team? I've got, I've got 78 this next, next year. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know that team. you would even know the answer, but is that the biggest college rodeo team? I assume it is. No, no, I think we're well, probably, we're probably fourth or fifth. I would say. Cause Texas A&M uh, has a pretty big one, right? Yeah. I know Tarleton's got a pretty good size squad. I want to say they're, they're over a hundred usually. Yeah. Jeez. You know, 
what is man we're talking college athletics here so is there <laughs> do you have scholarships and then there's folks i mean how does that whole system work we're, we're a little bit unique we raise most of our own budget uh, scholarships um, our operating budget everything um, and that's why we made the move into the stadium with our our little college rodeos because we can do so well and, and get such great returns. Um, so that's what funds our program funds, my scholarship drive, uh, for each year. So two years without that, uh, without that opportunity has opened the door for several of our donors to step up and help me fill that void. So I'm nice. pretty proud to say that after two years of, of not hosting our college rodeo, not putting in the 120,000 that I put into our scholarship budget from that rodeo, uh, we've still been able to maintain and keep keep the scholarships that we promised and even offer some new ones. The Cal Poly thing too, I think my parents were more proud when I told them I was announcing the Poly Royal than they were when I said I graduated from Chico State. They're like, <laughs> like finally you're doing something with your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so finally you chose people. the right finally you chose yeah. the right college. I wanted to go to Cal Poly. I just I mean fresh out of the Marine Corps and eating crayons. I just didn't have the academics <laughs> to get in there. Well, you've been a big part of helping make this rodeo successful. I mean, you've been oh, through, shoot, man. That's, you've been through all the steps with us. So, I We were talking about this the other day, Ben. I think that my first year my first year announcing that deal was the year before you went to Spanos. And the one day I was like, oh, this is Poly Royal. Like, all right, kind of checking it out. Bobby Kerr was there. You know, was, I mean, it's still a pretty good deal. And you got a, a good crew and a good set of guys there. And I was looking at this deal. Um and I was like, how does this thing get filled up? Like, what's the deal? It literally was like Custer's last stand on the, whatever the Saturday perf was. The hills were covered with people. People were calling up on Bobby Kerr's bus on his trailer. There had to have been, you said 6,000. I was like, there had to have been at least that many people there. I mean, literally kids up on the hill and like a bullpen or something like that. You are listening to NFR Extra with our guest, Cal Poly Rodeo coach, Ben Londo. Let's take a quick break. Looking for tickets to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo? StubHub is the official secondary and fan-to-fan site of the rodeo. Fans can buy and sell their tickets through a safe and secure online marketplace. Visit nfrexperience.com. Hi, I'm Steve Duhon, three-time world champion steer wrestler, and you're listening to NFR Extra. Ben Londo, here on NFR Extra. So what's the rodeo 101 course that you teach? Yeah. Yeah. I, I teach a beginning rodeo class and it's probably one of the funnest parts of my job. Um, I get 24 students that usually have no background in rodeo, Western way of life or anything. I mean, these kids are, you know, about half of them are, are ag kids, but there's engineers, there's several science majors. There's, there's anything you can imagine in there. And they get to, firsthand look at, at rodeo at college rodeo and they get to try every event i mean like i said learn by doing we're very hands-on here at cal poly so these kids for the bull riding section they ride steers uh, we tie calves we tie goats uh, they get to rope rope uh, they get to ride a horse in the barrel racing um, it's a really neat class to kind of expand their horizons and give them a sense of rodeo and make rodeo fans out of it wow. well that did, so did you start that deal no, no, that was that was here. Shoot, ever since I was in school here. No kidding. Mm-hmm. And, and then you also during the Poly Royal, you have kids riding a steer out there, correct? So that's the top ten 
qualify for the stadium. So out of that class, out of those 24, we have a we have a preliminary round out here at the rodeo grounds. And then the top 10 qualify for the stadium. Oh, that's cool. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and you get like it could be any like anybody from the college like just takes this class and then all of a sudden finds out they love rodeo. They had no idea. It was like I was gonna be a yeah. doctor, I was gonna be whatever, but no, I'm a cowboy. I had a young man come through that class and I couldn't buck him off a steer. Big, tall, lanky, uh, not, I mean, not a big kid at all, thick Coke bottle glasses. And I couldn't buck him off a steer. And he decides I want to be a bull rider. And I'll be damned if he didn't ride bulls pretty damn good too. Uh, really? And he, he rodeoed for me for two years. Nice. That's hey, what was that? What was that? Timmy, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Dietrich. Dietrich. Timmy yeah. Dietrich, man. Yeah. And he was like an NCAA wrestler. Yeah. And tell that story. He was just here the other day. Yeah. He came through that class too. He'd had a little bit of background roping uh, in high school, but, but not much. Um, and he was actually, when I first came to and took the job, I came down here during the summer and started working on the stalls. The stalls were pretty rough shape. So we were cutting and fabricating and and doing quite a bit of work and he was around town and he stopped by and he said hey i want to be part of the rodeo program i said great why don't you uh, grab that cutting torch and start helping me and i'll, I'll give you lessons <laughs> so he he would uh, he helped me during the day and then we'd i was trying to help him learn to rope um so we'd rope the dummy at night and rope the heel matic and get him get him riding and roping a little bit better and he was watching me i was still you know right in the middle of my rodeo career and i was riding the bucking machine every night he'd come up and he says what is this? What event is this? I said, this is the Bronc ride. He said, yeah, I think I want to do that. And uh, <laughs> I mean, Steve, you can attest. He's a, he's a damn good little Bronc rider. He's yeah. He's pretty waspy. Yeah. <laughs> but he, but yeah, he, he got up. To, yeah. He got up there at uh, one of the banquet deals, but at the, um, before it was at the Madonna and, um, and it was just like Ben. I, he gave me boots and a pair of pants and a saddle, and I was like, "God, this kid's probably wearing his underwear." I don't. I mean, it was like Ben outfitted this kid <laughs> with. Every, and he's like, "I just am so thankful." And he was a wrestler, like a pretty good wrestler. And it was, I mean, yeah. it was like, "Where's?" I can't remember the whole entire story, but it was like this kid. And he turned out he just from nothing, a late bloomer, and then became a pretty decent bronc rider. Yeah, I remember one one practice, and he was maybe it only been riding for a year, but he would get on like five or six consistently every practice, which is pretty good. But I want to say one practice, he was having hell and he just kept throwing his saddle on. Like we, we had to start diving back into the herd and bucking some of these horses a second or maybe even a third time. No and kidding. I think, I think he got on seven or eight or maybe even nine that day. Oh. And it was almost like that's kind of the day where it clicked for him too. Like those yeah. last two rides were phenomenal. And I mean, that kid, he's got a ton of talent. He's only just starting to really go. Yeah. And he's built for, he's not like kind of the, I mean, he's a little bit more muscular than, you know, kind of the rights, but like he's a, he's just a muscly little kind of got that old school cowboy thing to him. So he's got it. He's got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Ben, will you talk a little bit about how our point system works and how these individuals compete all year long and then get to go to CNFR? Yeah. Um, College rodeo is a great story uh, for rodeo. You know, never before or after are you in a, a team situation, um, which is really, it's unique to college rodeo and it's, it's very special. You know, and as you go up through high school rodeo, you might have a local club um, that you're representing when you go to the rodeos. 
you know, 10 people from Fallon, Nevada or whatever it is. But uh, college rodeo definitely adds in that, that team spirit. Um, and it, uh, you do compete as a team, even though you're still individual. When you're back in the box, you're, you're going to win for yourself. Or when you nod your head in the rough stock riding, you know, it's, it's all about you. But, but your points, if you're on the points team, and that's the prerogative of the coach, to select six men and four women at each, uh, at each rodeo that are classified as the points team. So any points that those team members get go towards Cal Poly's men's or women's team. And that's a, that's a challenge for the coaches. Um, in my situation, I've got about 30 girls that are pretty damn wolfy in two events. And uh, usually I've had really good luck and, and usually on the button on, on picking the right points team. This last year, I can honestly say that I couldn't have done it any worse. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd, I'd pick my team and we have up to an hour before the rodeo to pick your team. And I'd, I'd go with my gut and what I thought was the right decision. And I tell you what, I would, uh, I'd be looking pretty, pretty stupid at the end of the day with my hat in my hand, switch it up for the next day and it would completely 180 on me. So it's definitely a learning experience even for the coach. But so all year long, we, uh, we compete as, as teams. So you've got a men's team and a women's team fielded at each rodeo. Uh, those, those points accumulate up. And at the end of the season, the top three in each event go to represent themselves at the college national finals. And then the top two teams in the region get to take a full team. That's awesome. When you first came to Cal Poly, it, was, it wasn't quite the going concern that it is now. It was kind of on the brink of, should we still do this? Is that correct? You know, I, I can't really speak too much to that. Um, I think that they had some tough times. They had some tough times right before I came I know the president stepped up and a lot of the boosters got involved uh, the year before I came and decided that, you know, this really needed to get some support and some more professional uh, help or it wasn't going to, wasn't going to live on. So, yeah, I, I mean, once I came in, you know, I can't take a lot of the credit for it because we had a new president and a new Dean, both huge rodeo fans and all they did was help me from day one. Um, they've been, I mean, our president, he's, he's on my, he's usually texting me about two or three times a week, just checking in, seeing how things are going, asking about upcoming rodeos, heard about a kid doing this. Uh, he's, he's, he's a huge fan of the rodeo program. And uh, I mean, it takes, it takes your top leadership to help push your program forward. And I'm, I'm spoiled here because I've, I've got it from all ends. And it's definitely proven out to be something that um, all of that effort from everybody else at the end of the year shows to be beneficial because you guys are what, two or three time college rodeo of the year. I mean, the last, five six seven years yeah we've 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 been very lucky to put on a great college rodeo and, and like you say steve when when we first came up with this idea i mean when i went and sat on the athletic board uh came into one of their meetings with all the other coaches um, all the athletic directors and mentioned about putting on a college rodeo inside uh, alex Spano stadium uh, i got laughed out of the room but because we did have a lot of help from the president and lot of the higher ups we gave it a shot and sure worked out this is nfr extra and our guest today ben londo it's time for the wrangler nfr and the cowboy channel cowboy christmas the ultimate shopping and entertainment experience open daily with free admission visit nfrexperience.com for details the cowboy channel cowboy christmas it's all here Hi, this is Jim Dewey Brown, General Manager of Prescott Frontier Days, joining you on NFR Extra. 
Ben Londo is here on NFR Extra. That first year, what was your thought process when you looked around and the first year, the first, one of the first got rained out too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Our first year, as soon as we got the dirt down and the panels up, we got an yep. inch and a quarter of rain. I think we were supposed to get an eighth of an inch on the, uh, on the radar. And uh, <clears throat> we planned ahead. We saw that there were some possible storms. So we went over to the valley and I paid six grand for this giant silage tarp, the biggest one they make. And I thought, there's no way I'll need it, but at least I have it. Well, that rain started coming and it was pretty evident. The, the radar showed that it was just going to dump on us. So we rolled that entire plastic wrap over all the panels, all the dirt, huge footprint of area, and just got through the rain. Uh, when we pulled it off, it had leaked enough that we had to cancel the first performance. Um, but that second performance was a sold out, I think 17,000 people. It was amazing. It was amazing. How did, how did that feel? I mean, kind of, you got to give yourself a little bit of an attaboy. We did it as opposed to just wanting to throw up the whole time. I was, uh, I was pretty sick all day because we were in there. We'd rented a bunch of rototillers that go on skid stairs and bought two truckloads of lime. And we were in there mixing lime into that dirt just to try and get it to where we could even attempt to host a rodeo on there. Um, and about an hour before the performance, when we're still out there trying to get this ground ready, and it was you know, people started filing in and I realized that this was going to happen. It was, it was pretty amazing. Cause I never, <clears throat> we always, we always got about 6,000 people at our arena, our practice arena putting on the rodeo. So I was probably estimating about 10, but when, uh, when the gate guy called me and said that, Hey, we're over 12, eight, which was capacity. He said, but I know you've got, you know, we had a booster area, a VIP area. So we had about, we had room for another 3000. He said, you want to let them keep coming? I said, absolutely. And so that was, that was probably the moment where I realized that, Hey, we just did it. And that area too, like San Luis Obispo, Central Coast, uh, Spanos Stadium, you have everything set in place. And especially with the backing of the higher ups on that, it's like, stand back, watch this. I do think us college rodeo students um, ruined the hayfield that we all parked in that year though, because <laughs> I know for a fact, at least four of us UNLV contestants had to get towed out by the tractor because we were just spinning. Yeah, you know what's hilarious is there's about six rigs that just were okay with being stuck there, so they stayed there all week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind staying in San Luis for a week. We'll just not a problem. <laughs> we'll let this dry out. Yeah. yeah. So, but we're talking yeah. events, right? I don't care what event you're doing. When you're faced with those kind of challenges, and you know the crowd's coming, and you're not sure it's going to happen, there's a learning lesson there, man. I mean, and you're 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 a coach or at a college. I mean, that clearly is something that helps you now going forward. Of just how to face, how to be prepared, how to never, ever think you're going to beat Mother Nature, right? Because she's always going to win. Right. Especially that time of year in San Luis Obispo. It's, it's not the best business model moving forward, but we'll keep, we'll keep winging it here. If you had one piece of advice you could give to your college rodeo athletes or any athletes, because realistically, I mean, Envy, you got a son that's getting ready to start looking at colleges, all these elements that you have to know going into athletics. What would be your piece of advice? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think, are you talking young high school students? Young high yeah. school students getting ready to go into that next stage of life. I don't see enough high school students really branching out and looking at their options as much as I would expect. Um, I just had a young lady here today. She's from Idaho and I've been talking to her for two years. She came and, and finally got her family down here and they stayed for, for a day and looked at the program. I took them all over campus, but I mean, that's pretty rare. I mean, I, 
I reach out to a lot of students, try and get a lot of students to come down here and experience. Uh, I have a lot of high school students, if they're on my radar, I have them come practice with us. Mm. Um, I think that's a big part of where they can really get a feel for the program, uh, meet some of the kids. Uh, I think a big part of it is getting them to talk to the kids when I'm right there in front of them too. Um, they get the, you know, they get the real story, good, bad, or indifferent, but at least they know when they come. That's, that's always been probably the biggest positive feedback I've got from um, young families that are interested in this program is, is when they get a feel for actually being here, boots on the ground, looking at everything, looking at the college, um, then they get a true sense of how it might really be and if it really fits them or not. And I just don't see enough students doing that. And I know, you know, we're all shil- pretty pressed for time and, and, you know, just up and heading off to go practice somewhere else or, or, or go somewhere else is, is tough. But uh, I really think that that's probably the biggest thing that the young student athletes looking at programs can do is, is really get your head into what you might be getting into. Is that different from, let's just say, I think you were riding PRCA early millennium. You're still a young guy, but still you got history, your dad, things like that. I mean, how different is it now for college rodeo compared to the nineties or the eighties? I mean, it's gotta be way different. It seems like. Um, I think for the most part, it's still the same. So you still got, still got great programs, still trying to put together great uh, opportunities for students. Um, there's probably more opportunities now, you know, with junior NFR, and all these, all these great opportunities in Vegas during the national finals. Um, you know, the, the, the rodeo industry is, completely shot through the roof especially you know now that we're coming back on the radar you look at the breakaway roping um so i think you know everything has grown and everything's become uh, much more advantageous and so many more opportunities that all the more reason to get out there and, and take a look at what schools have to offer do you have rules that you have to live by like the other coaches of colleges or is there is a little bit looser for you on the rodeo side no i bought a kid a ferrari last week no we're not ncaa um, so we don't have the same rules uh, but i don't think we've i I don't think it's been a problem you know a lot of a lot of rodeo programs aren't as flush as some of the uh, you know the the southern football programs so i (laughs) I guess we'll cross that bridge when it gets there now granted this might be too soon but i do believe our college sports have now opened up the ability to make money to our contestants or to the athletes. Correct me if I'm wrong, Envy. I'm sure you have a whole lot more detail on that portion, but for the NIRA, can you highlight why it was kind of a different sector than directly with athletics? Yeah, I I don't think it was ever a big problem in in college rodeo because really these, these students are jackpotting. They're paying an entry fee which by law, us college, colleges are not uh, allowed to pay. Um, we can help them with travel expenses. We can help them you know, feed for their horses, scholarship money. But by law, we're not supposed to cover their entry fees. So they're paying their own entry fee. They're in on their own will for jackpot money. That's how that is. Um, and I can see that would be the difference with NCAA sports and those kids actually getting paid, I would guess. I, I see that as this. Same thing is that's always my understanding is the jackpotting side of it. We were able to make money. We were able to receive our own sponsorship deals if need be, as long as they didn't, you know, hinder with any of your college agreements, but NV and now that's a huge element for 
college athletics. Well, yeah, I mean, Ben brought up the Southern football teams. I mean, you got to think, man. I mean, those things you're filling 80, 90,000 seat stadiums and those kids ain't getting a cut. Come on, man. I mean, that's right. crazy. Merchandise, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ungodly amount of dollars. But on, on the sponsorship side, you do help them with that. I mean, how does that work? Cause that's a fascinating part is you do become a pro athlete, right? That's going to pay a lot of the bills. Do you help out like with program wise within your program or how does that, how do you touch on that with the young ones? Yeah, we raise we raised a lot of sponsorship dollars for our program. And it's, I put a lot of it on the students. They're all required to fill a quota um, and bring in a certain dollar amount uh, for sponsorships. Um, without our sponsors, we wouldn't be able to do what we do just like a lot of programs. Um, they're individual sponsorships. Um, I help out a lot with that too. Uh, we've actually developed a pretty neat little um, kind of a self-marketing uh, portfolio where they can build a resume, put together a little slideshow, have a pamphlet that they can go and talk to sponsors. Uh, and a lot of their, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of the, a lot of the students that I have that go out and get a sponsorship for a Cal Poly rodeo program after their four years, that sponsor, uh, and this has happened, I can at least think of five times where that sponsor has just picked up that student on their professional rodeo career because they've established that relationship. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting. We had, I think I brought this up a few times in some interviews, but we had Tim O'Connell on and he was talking about the, the days of that old school. And Steve's talked about it, that old school cowboy, the smoking cigarette, drinking, you know, a 12 pack before riding or whatever. That, I mean, you got to be healthy and, and ready and prepared and your sponsors are looking at you and you're representing far more than just yourself. You're representing other brands and things like that. So especially nowadays with the Instagram and TikTok and everything. I and mean, these kids are, they're on social media every day showing what they're doing that morning. They show their ride every night. They show themselves traveling mm -hmm. I mean, they're in the public eye all the time. So there's a great opportunity to market yourself and, and help sponsors and, and get help from sponsors through that Avenue. But it's also, I mean, you got a microscope on you all the time. And if we're extra with our guests, 2019 National Intercollegiate Rodeo Association Coach of the Year, Ben Londo. After the break, we'll wrap up our conversation. In Las Vegas, December can only mean one thing. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. The NFR is the culmination for the top contestants in the world seeking to share the $10 million purse and the coveted gold buckle. For fans, Las Vegas transforms into the greatest Western party in the world with the NFR experience, which features Cowboy Christmas, the Junior World Finals, nonstop entertainment, custom viewing parties, and so much more. Follow all the action at nfrexperience.com. Great moments, great champions, great memories. There's only one NFR, there is only one Vegas. Hi, I am Benny Butler, and you're listening to NFR Extra. NFR Extra with Ben Londo. I was just going to highlight, I know that your program actually does include a gym time, and there is specific times that you guys attend this do you highlight what your requirements are for your students it's not just rodeo practice yeah in the uh in the past we've always kind of had a very self-motivated approach and they just you know met requirements that we had um but that was with our probably one of the fanciest rec centers in the state up and running uh throughout covid we didn't have it 
<clears throat> so we uh, we thought outside the box again. Um, <clears throat> the the gym was actually cycling out a bunch of uh, weightlifting equipment, like kettlebells, medicine balls, dumbbells. I mean, we went over there and grabbed it all. It was going to go to the go to the surplus, so we grabbed it all. And uh, Bear Pasco, he actually lives right down the road from us. Comes in bulldogs with us quite a bit. Um, he's in the kind of the physical training business. Uh, so we booked him two days a week and 5.30 in the morning out here for an hour. We had, uh, I guess you would call it CrossFit, rodeo CrossFit out here in the dirt. So, well, that and that was, that was awesome. We had six foot spacing. We had our entire arena used up. Uh, it was, uh, it turned out pretty cool though. Uh, rodeo CrossFit, just... that sounds like a, a, an event uh, that should yeah. be here in Vegas. <laughs> Bear, Bear Pasco could also be slightly intimidating to like a entry first year freshman or something like that. And you got this Super Bowl champion bulldogger. Yeah. Just yeah. being in his presence. He pinched me in the arm. He, he pinched me in the arm. He came up behind me at the, at your rodeo, actually. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. It felt like a <laughs> horse bite. I was like, what in the hell was that? It was Bear Pasco. Every once in a while, we'll just surprise him. We'll just get everybody out there and then we play arena football. And I always make sure I'm on the opposite side of Bear. And I try my tail off to tackle him. And I mean hard. And we play touch football. And I don't pull any punches. And I guarantee I hit him so hard one day and he didn't budge. And I shoulder, I could hardly pick up my arm the next day. Yeah, that was, that was dumb on your part. That was really dumb on my part. And then I tried it again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of tough dudes, enlighten us with your dad and his career and the life that he lived and the impact that that's had on you. Yeah. Uh, my dad, he's, you know, he's been my rodeo hero, my life hero, uh, my coach, you know, ever since day one. Um, it's amazing to me. I was actually just up in Oregon helping him last week. He's got a bunch of rental properties and he's, you know, and he's in his upper seventies and he still works harder than anybody I know all day long. Uh, no quit. Um, does way more than he should at his age and you can't tell him no um, he's he's got that old cowboy spirit and that old cowboy toughness that uh, you know I don't I don't know where they make it it's hard to find anymore but uh, you know he exemplifies it and he had a he had a great rodeo career you know he's always been a great rodeo coach for me and, and uh, he rode Bronx for several years uh, made the finals two years he got drafted to Vietnam served, uh, served two years in Vietnam, came back, qualified for the finals two more times, uh, and never, never missed a beat. Um, probably is one of his most, uh, one of the things I like to brag on him the most is he, he held the high marked ride at the finals for, I think it was 22 years. No kidding. 88 points. Yeah. Yeah. Which 88 points back then, you know, today it's, you know, if you're not 88, I don't think you win much, but <laughs> back then, uh, you know, it was something to see. And I have seen an old eight millimeter uh, video of that ride, and it's it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. You got to get that thing uh, switched over so you could share that. That'd be really impressive. Yeah, to, to see something like that. You know, you talk about the sponsorships and like the image and the persona that everybody's got to have, and everybody's on social media. Comes down to it, man. You still got to be a cowboy, and that's right. like there's guys that are just like you said, that gritty, dirty, tough cowboy thing that they just they're different like it was just a different breed to go to vietnam for two years like there's that's insane and then to come back and be like yeah i'm just gonna go back to scratching bronx and there's a level of toughness that i'll never know that 
God put into some people. And that's, I think you're, like you said, your dad exemplifies that too. It'd be nice if you could just figure out what that was, but it's just different, different time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to replicate it. Put in a bottle, drink it. He, Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he came back from Vietnam and then went back to the NFR, man. That's, that's some servitude right there. That is uh wow. I mean, what did, how did he work with you growing up? Cause when you were what, about 10, 11, 12 ish, right. When you got into rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, a little bit of late bloomer. We grew up on a ranch and grew up cowboy and stuff, but I, I didn't show a lot of interest till a little later and, and he never pushed it on me. Um, and then uh, I don't know what got into me. I think I was maybe eight or nine years old, but there was a flyer for entering a bull riding and I just entered it. I put it in the mail and I went and got a check out of my mom's checkbook and filled it out best of my ability i don't think i did it right i entered the damn thing and so the entries came you know or the day she came or something i can't remember what happened and uh, so i said well he said if you want to get into this let's do this right so I started riding steers and cows and and uh we had a couple old old ranch broncs that bucked a little bit so that's where i got my my bronc riding start um and yeah he's i mean he's afforded me every opportunity and still does today as much as he can so He's been, you know, a great coach my entire life. Oh, that's awesome, man. You know, we have uh, in the past. I used to share an office for the for the people that would oversee. I mean, now Brylan, you know, Steve, obviously a big part of Junior World Finals. But we'd have like a young man call every once in a while uh, and try to act like he had a deeper voice, trying to just get information and stuff like this. You know, um, uh, this is uh, John Smith. I'm like, what are you like ten? They still happen. <laughs> I still every once in a blue moon, I do get a random voicemail show up on my phone. That, Hey, my mom said I had to call and get some information. And I'm like, you know what? Go mom. Go mom. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I got a question about, you know, we're talking about kids and one of the things that have seen you brought PBR safety has been a big part of rodeo over the past. It looks like maybe 15 years, something like that. I'm not sure, but everything from vests from back with Lane Frost to helmets to today, where does that, how do you, how does that fit in your program? And is how do you emphasize that? What, what, what goes on there? What's kind of like some ins and outs of that side of the safety side of riding? Well, college rodeo ad- adopted the rules of uh, safety vests and helmets uh, or helmets in the bull riding um, a while back. And <clears throat> it's just standard procedure anymore. Um, but yeah, we uh, actually just, we just got some shoot pads for our bucking shoots, the top of them um, had a horse rear up and smashed one of my kids pretty bad the other day. Um, so our boosters actually went out and ordered these shoe pads. So safety is definitely, uh, you know, on the, on the forefront of all of our, our minds out here, trying to keep these student athletes going. doesn't do us any good to wipe one out. Just trying to be tough. You gotta be tough. You gotta be cowboy. There's all kinds of, st- th- it's <laughs> somebody. Yeah. It's, it's like a fine line. You gotta like be tough, but not like, don't be stupid tough. But right. Don't be stupid trying to be tough or something like that. And taking all the precautions you can, because the reality is too, like most of those kids, you're still going to be developing and you know mentally for a while so you don't want to go cracking the egg and making omelets out of that one um so ben during the nfr you kind of have a presence there too do you not yeah we started an nfr viewing party at the south point um, we started this probably five years ago i think our first year it was kind of 50 alumni and our boosters in a little room in the south point all huddled around a, a uh, probably pretty small screen for the room um, last or what, two years ago at the NFR, we, we kind of blew it out of the water. We had a giant, we had the Brunswick room up there by the bowling alley. Um, they hooked us up with a giant roll down, uh, like a movie projector screen 
Um, and I bet we had probably 250, 300 people there. Um, sponsors, supporters, alumni, new recruits. Uh, it has turned into a phenomenal event. And the South Point just goes over the, over the moon to put that together for us. Um, Cal Poly has actually made it a, a, an official alumni event for Cal Poly. So, gosh, we've gotten a ton of support to make it even bigger and better this, this next year. Nice. Do you do that? You just do that one night, right? Yeah, we do that one night. Yeah. It's, what it's what night? Thurs, Thursday the night. Thursday the ninth. Very good. I'll tell you, Ben, you do, man, you got a good thing going on in life, man. You're uh, making a huge impact on not just the industry or the overall Western lifestyle business, but most importantly, man, young people, that's you're able to do that, man. You're, you're definitely doing, you're, you're driving some bus, right, man. That's for sure. Uh, pretty lucky. I mean, I get to get to be here and get to be involved in, in you know, rodeo a sport that I've you know, loved my entire life and, to get to be involved in that passion and, and surrounded by these young, energetic student athletes that I, mean, I just want to get better. Uh, it's an awesome atmosphere every day. And, and yeah, we're, we're super blessed to be able to be a part of it. Well, man, I, 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 for one, thank you for coming on. I mean, I know we had you on the past. This was awesome. Again, you got a blessed life and uh, I really appreciate you coming on with us. Well, thanks for having me guys. Dates again. Uh, eighth through the 10th, April. April 8th through the 10th. If you've never been to the Poly Royal, that's a great opportunity to experience a kick-ass college rodeo and possibly music fest. Yes. <laughs> Limited seating this year. Got to get them early. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Sweet. Appreciate you, Ben. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, Ben. Cool. Thank you, sir. We want to thank Ben Londo for joining us on NFR Extra. Want to experience more of NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a big five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to